Welcome back to a very special episode of Wake Up and Smell the Miracles. I am your host today, Jonathan Navi, reminding you that a miracle is not an exception to the rule. It is the natural order of things. When miracles don't happen, that's the exception. Allow yourself to begin to realize that you are miraculous. You are magical. Nothing is too good to be true. Nothing. Zero. Zip. It's all real and it's all true. And I like to say it's all for you. Welcome, welcome to Wake Up and Smell the Miracles. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you and welcoming you to a remarkable sound healer, Ka Luna. And I am so humbled by her presence right now that I'm gonna have her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about what she's up to in the world right now. Ka Luna, thank you so much for joining us. Ooh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, welcome, so tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I just sit back in awe of your greatness. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Loving the devotion. Thank you. Um, okay, so a little bit about me. So yes, I am a sound healer, um, and I'm also a primal and self-expression facilitator. So I do one-on-one -on -one and workshops with groups where I lead people through um, activating their sounds and what sounds feel most resonant to their soul and really giving and allowing space for an individual to tune into their primal aspects, to tune into their emotions, to tune into the parts of themselves that don't necessarily have the space in their normal day-to-day -day life, give that a voice so they can learn to entrain their nervous system to operate from their natural harmonic, which is their soul essence. Awesome. Your sense of authenticity yes. is very, um, for better lack of words, gravitational. I feel like I'm, I'm pulled in and I think some of us out there doing the work that have been doing the work, who are on the cusp of doing the work, quote unquote, whatever that is, are drawn into this type of energy. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to what brought you to this space and time where I believe that I met you almost three years ago, mm -hmm. and I'm sure for both of us, a lot has changed in that journey, on this yes. journey, and we'll continue to do so. I'm curious as to what brought you to this moment right now. You seem very grounded and powerful, for mm -hmm. better lack of words. You, you strike me as an energetic pillar. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, well, I definitely feel as if the pillar of light that exists within the chakra system is pretty lit up within me and grounded. Um, and I feel like how I got here was truly embracing my sensuality mm -hmm. and what that meant to be in a body, what it meant to make love to life through mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. And how could I allow life to show me its miracles? How can I allow my emotions to hold space for me while I'm in those moments of forgetfulness? Mm -hmm. How can I allow myself to self-source mm -hmm. my energy from the infinite fountain of life force energy that's existent within every cell of my body? So the more that I surrendered to this 
this playfulness, this innocence, this sexual expression, really it's like coming into understanding that our sexual energy is our raw power, coming into our coming into the understanding that our sexual energy is our primal power. So in order to fully accept the primal power, we have to accept and heal the beliefs that we have around our sexual energy and our sensual energy. And they're so interconnected. And it really took accepting being an animal, like straight up, we are souls in an animal and there are needs that this animal has and those needs are going to, they're going to take expression. They're going to take, um, like just raw transparency. Like if we want to be seen in them, we have to allow ourselves to be seen in them. So then we have to go there. We have to express. We have to really find those growls in us. We have to really find those deep cries. And we have to be willing to do it in front of another person. Mm -hmm. Or do it in front of a mirror and witness ourselves. Mm. I'm having a little out-of-body experience because I'm listening to you. I'm also listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is so good. What, what you're saying is mm -hmm. so great. And I'm listening to it ahead of time. I'm trying to mm -hmm. become present again to the moment and realize we're, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. How can we interact in this, uh, this conversation? Um, a lot of things come to mind. What you said about sexuality and making love to the moment, to life. How do you do that? You know, on my spiritual journey, Louise Hayes is somebody that came in very early on. And, mm -hmm. you know, the acceptance of every single aspect of your body to your quote-unquote private parts, to being able to talk to them and say, hey, without the giggle, without the, like, just like an honoring that I don't think that we have in our society. Mm -hmm. But then, I noticed, makes a person, um, speaking for myself, fuller in the world. Yeah. More attractive not in, not from a vain standpoint but there's a there's a legit sparkle yeah not just in the eyes in the skin it's a beautiful aspect that i found early on and trying to figure out how do i go out there and and function in the world with that mm -hmm. how how do you integrate all these very powerful primal things where coming out like an animal can offend somebody uh, or are you speaking just in, in intimate settings with a partner? Or does this translate to your, the entirety of living your life? Um, yeah, this translates into every moment of my life. Um, people have just gotten used to the fact that sometimes I'll just be talking and then I'll just growl. Or sometimes I'll just be talking and we'll be in a deep conversation and I'll just have to make, make sounds. And it's just something that I've integrated into every moment that I'm, I'm living and I'm breathing and I'm interacting with life. And what I've noticed is the more that I did that, the less I offend people because I'm fully standing in my truth. And I'm not allowing the fear of judgment to dim my expression. And I've noticed that that actually inspires people. Mm -hmm. And it's magnetism, which is what you're talking about, of like what draws people in. It's this magnetism. You're like, whoa, I'm inspired. Like, mm -hmm. 
I want that freedom.、Mm. It's there. It, there's this level of freedom that comes from just allowing yourself to be the full expression of who you are in each moment, and everyone around you will deal with it. And there'll be some people that aren't going to be able to deal with it, and, and they're not your people right in that moment.、Mm. They might come back. They might not. And it's okay. You just gotta realize that no matter the reflection that you're getting. If you are being true to yourself, you're being true to yourself. Yes, your expression can impact others, but when you're coming from this space of self-love, more likely than not, your expression will not impact others in a negative way.、Mm-hmm. And if it does, it's a lesson that you can then beautifully open up a clearing conversation with an individual and share your perspective. Allow them to share their perspective, which allows you to then dive into a deeper relating dynamic with the individual that you might have offended.、Mm-hmm. But I will say, I haven't really had too many people offended by me. I've had people look at me like, "Oh, she's crazy," and hell yeah. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're speaking of, of what I call selling out to your authentic self.、Mm-hmm. Where it, it's a, it's quite a journey, and there's this level of magic that I implemented. Like it's just straight up. It's a word. Magic is a word.、Mm-hmm. But the way that I would behave in the world is magical,、mm-hmm. and it was from my sense of wanting to heal and be more. So on my way to healing, I was being more, and where I've gotten to in this space, in time, is I'm so sold out to myself. I, I completely agree with you. If somebody is offended by anything that I do, there's space to clear it.、Mm-hmm. But most of the time, they'll think I'm crazy and they'll accept it, or they'll completely love it because. I have、uh, I've talked about this many times. I have a superhero complex. It is my duty to be the best version of myself, the dopest version of myself, the most magical version, so that I inspire others to not be like me, but to reach down within themselves and say, "Hey, you know, I'm a little weird. I can be weird too." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So I performed a festival, or I did a workshop at a festival called.、Um, Primal expression, and we actually were talking about what does it mean to be weird. Like there are parts of us that are really weird that we don't always express. Like we can be extremely enlightened people, have amazing emotional intelligence, mental intellect, and yet we'll still have that voice in our head that's like, "Boop boop, goddamn!" <laughs> it just comes in, and you're like, "What is that?" There's this weird part of us that is so desperately wanting to come out to be seen, and that's our light. I think that's our unique resonance of this is who I am.、Mm-hmm. And as we're going through this primal expression workshop, we're we're like chanting, "We are weird. We are weird." This woman comes over to me and hands me a sticker that has a new definition of what weird is, and the definition is. Wildly enlightened individuals recreating dreams.、Mm, repeat that. Wildly enlightened individuals recreating dreams.、Mm, that sits well. 
It sits so well. Because if we're if we look at this reality that we're existing in right now, it is a dream. We are dreaming it into actualization, right? Like all of us are on a micro level through our conscious awareness dreaming our individual realities into form. Mm -hmm. And then on a collective level, we're doing that too. So the more of us that come into this embracing of our weirdness, embracing of our uniqueness, mm -hmm. the more we are writing, rewriting this collective dream that we are living, that we have woken up from. I want to circle back to the authentic part of that. Yes. Because I believe that there's the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Too weird to handle. Mm -hmm. to just And also, I think that in that side of the spectrum, that when we lose sense of our authenticity to be weird or to just explore, which there's nothing wrong with anything on the side of the spectrum, mm -hmm. um, then there's... The other side is, is not weird enough. Super conservative, stuck in your box because... you. You know, that's the way that, that, that consciousness is, is set up right now. I know where I'm at on the spectrum, and I feel like I recognize where you're at, where I recognize your weirdness, mm -hmm. and, I, and I recognize your groundedness. Yes. Is there anything you can say around, about that spectrum or your personal experience of, of how it's not easy to get to that? In my experience, it's not easy. What you see in front of you today is not who's been here it's been a struggle and it's been mm -hmm. a lot of work so we can talk yeah. about all these positive things but something that really grounded me and, and legit humbled me because i joke about the word humble meaning yeah. the opposite of it is is that life sucks sometimes yeah it is shitty sometimes yeah. and 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 to not deny that i have i have an aversion of of the beginning states of spirituality that is just very ungrounded, that is all about positivity. All those things are important. Once, and it's also important to, to lose yourself, I think, because that's what I went, I, I went through, um, in order to bring the integration and the groundedness and the, not middle, it doesn't have to be a middle ground, but you have to have your own shade of authenticity within that. Yes. Yes. I do, and I feel like the, the awakening process I think a big part of it is losing ourselves in the beginning, is getting ungrounded, is learning that there's more to reality than what this third dimension has been telling us mm -hmm. reality is. I think that's a very important part of the process because the way I went through it was I woke up and I started having these abilities and I was able to channel, I was able to make some really interesting sounds. I was able to talk different languages that I didn't really know where they were coming from. But I still had a lot of trauma held in my body. Mm -hmm. So, and I had a pattern of disassociating. So, because I hadn't fully dealt with the trauma in my body, when I woke up and started focusing purely on more of the spiritual soul aspect of things I kind of neglected my body I neglected this third dimension and everything around me went to shit mm. and I realized that that was a big part of learning for me if I didn't go through that then I wouldn't 
know what integration actually is. Mm -hmm. I had to completely leave my body in order to know what it feels like to live every moment of my life purely breathing from my soul. Jeez. And <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't know what that felt like if I didn't know the complete extreme. Yeah. So I feel like we need to know the depth of insanity, which is disassociation and disconnection, which I feel a lot of the beginning stages of spiritual awakening is about is really walking through insanity because this world that was created right we're told we have to live this certain way we get a job we go to college we do what we got to do to survive this this reality well that's true on one level but there's so much more there's all these other unseen realms and ways of communication and beings that are here with us that we were unaware of so in order for us to truly come into symbiotic relationship with the unseen realms we have to first walk through the layers of insanity that were imprinted within the subconscious mind that we had been living for generations and generations within our ancestral lineage we had to walk through that mm. we had to disassociate we had to go to those places where we felt safe which are those other realms of consciousness mm. in order to gather those aspects of our soul back into this reality so that we can actually integrate them into this reality wow it's what i've learned wow i got a major uh download or hit share while you were talking one of my favorite quotes is uh, the study of ecology is the study of consequences and I'm grateful for every single experience that I've ever had mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of what some would call dark or negative and and I openly speak of my recovery with alcohol mm -hmm. and I just thought like when you were describing the the aspects of we have to go what where you feel safe you know on my journey I did was doing the work but my safe place was alcohol mm -hmm. to to outgrowing it to still having a part of me a part of trauma in my body that I hadn't healed that would still go to it even though I was no longer aligned with it mm -hmm. um, and then just abusing it or being dependent on it in a way that that just boggled my mind. It's like, why, why? Like, it's not doing anything except to a point where I realized that that all I was doing was hiding. Mm -hmm. And and even in in the however many years I was aware of that, I kept going back to that. I was hiding and hiding mm -hmm. and hiding, like doing great, then becoming discouraged and doing the work and being enlightened quote-unquote enlightened and then grounded it's just it's very interesting because addiction is looked at so negatively where from a holistic standpoint when we realize that it is a place where people go to feel safe mm -hmm. another thing that another quote that I'm gonna paraphrase that is just just got my heart when I heard it was from Russell Brand's book uh, recovery from our addictions is 
going to for him to go get re, uh, to uh, rehab and the lady looking at him it's like you've you've used you've done drugs you you know addicted to sex congratulations you did what you could to stay alive yep. and that's what we're doing in our insanity we're doing whatever we can to stay alive mm-hmm. and I can't be mad at anybody for that can you imagine like you wake up and you find out the whole reality that you're existing on your whole life is a lie everything that you've been told is based off of a lie mm-hmm. that is intense for the brain to take the psyche shatters so in the shattering of the psyche you're going to go to those parts that feel safe mm-hmm. and how can we blame anyone for going to those parts that feel safe because it's painful to feel those parts that are really pissed off mm-hmm. that we've been lied to. We're not allowed to be angry though. <sighs> so as a man and as a Latino man, I realized recently, I'm not taught. We're not taught to to deal with our anger. Uh, you know, I had to do a lot of forgiveness work with myself on myself, and I went to this 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 meetup in Los Angeles with a bunch of men and we were prompted to scream over the city, like primal screaming. And in that moment, I realized I was really, excuse my language, fucking pissed off at me. You know, what healed me was love and forgiveness and acceptance, but I needed to realize I was really mad at me and it was okay to be mad at me. Anger, I found, is useful. Oh yeah. It, it's useful until it's not useful. And that's one of my favorite, favorite quote unquote <laughs> rules. Um, you know, rules are arbitrary, but for me as a cosmic navigator, I like to have, you know, things in lot. So it's like one of the things is use it as long as it's useful. If I'm holding a grudge for longer than I need to, then that is killing me. Mm-hmm. It's not doing a service to anybody. Totally. Um, but that being angry at myself, that scream, the primalness. I've been, you know, this was a couple months ago, and I've really began to embody and tap into it in a way that that serves me. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, being angry. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's lustful. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's playful. But it, mm-hmm. it is this really empowering way to walk through through life where I'm no longer afraid to be a warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, to, Get talk a little bit about astrology. My north node is Aries, so and my sun sign is, is Libra. Therefore, it is my life. On my in this life, I'm supposed to learn what it means to be a warrior. Mm-hmm. And from a Libra, romantic, balanced, the only inanimate object in the astrology. It's like it's a little bit different. It's not the way that I grew up. I grew mm-hmm. up very nice, catering to everyone, which is great. They're great qualities. Mm-hmm. And once I integrate that warrior, it colors. The experience of life yes. and the interactions much differently, much yes. more alive. I think alive yes. is the term. I'm buzzing yes. with aliveness. You're turned on, literally from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You're turned on like a light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. I love anger. I love rage. They're one of my most favorite spaces to go into because it is that raw power. That's all rage is. It's raw power. It's intensity. Mm -hmm. And what happens is people don't know how to direct that energy. So people direct it at other people when Mm -hmm. they feel hurt. But when you use that power to activate every part of your body, you are literally 
making love to life. Mm. You are allowing the sun of light to penetrate you. And you can, it's like, like you said, it can be very playful. It can be very warrior-esque. But the thing that I have found is many people are afraid of the predator. Like the concept of the predator. Mm -hmm. We're animals. Animals have predator qualities, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with the predator. There's only something wrong with the predator. Wrong, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's... I don't know if I personally believe in right and wrong. I think there are different morals and value yeah. systems. So I do think it can change, but I'm gonna use that word for this. Mm -hmm. So the predator is when someone, like if someone is looking outside of themselves to like pounce and take, that might not be the best use of the predator. Mm -hmm. But if we go into the predator um, mentality, we go into the mentality of like, just really allowing that animal instinct to come out, we are fully connected to our intuitive nature, into the subtleties of life. And we can explore relating with ourselves and other people through role playing. And it allows like this forgiveness of the predator to happen. Mm. And it allows for a new like, a new concept of the predator to be birthed. So the predator is wonderful. It knows what it wants. It goes after what it wants. It it doesn't take no. It's just like, yes, I'm going for it. And you can play with that energy with consent. Mm. It's liberating. I uh, recently experienced a three-day immersion uh, where I would say that what I got out of it the most was my killer instinct. Mm -hmm. And without context, who knows what that can sound to many people, but from where I'm coming from, that killer instinct is that expanded focus. It's like, I'm going to go to the farmer's market with that killer instinct. I'm going to look for something. I, I'm going to find it even if I don't know what I'm looking for. Uh -huh. It is applying that to everything. It's sharp, focus, clarity, desire, like tangible desire that I have control over and also am open to to whatever happens and when you talked about the predator the first thing that came to mind was cats I love cats and they're absolute predators yes and I love them and they're great <laughs> they're great examples you know the lion you know mm -hmm. to tap into that royal line of predators mm -hmm. cats other animals like they're, they're not doing anything wrong no you know wrong comes into play in the human realm when we label something as good or bad when really it is literally just an experience the meaning mm -hmm. you give it is the meaning you give it there's nothing yeah. else to it yeah there are things that we can agree on that are innately wrong and yeah those are tough ones to get around <laughs> yes and it's also moral standards. Like, none of us are going to have the same moral standards. We can collectively agree on certain things being wrong. Yes, not everyone's going to agree. Mm -hmm. So, like, how can we really measure that? Like, how, how do we know whose moral standards are right or wrong? We don't. We can't! 
just look at countries. Mm-hmm. We all have different rules and things like that, but we find a way to function together. And even, you know, if I know ahead of time that I'm going into a space where saying fuck is not okay, there's nothing in me that wants to, to rebel and say <laughs> the F word. I can't believe they're not letting me use the F to do chill. Like, <laughs> respect. Like, yes. respect is so key. And honor and duty and to set an example of the source. Yes. And that, and uh, this is going to take me here, but respecting the killer. Oh, yeah. Respecting the predator. My, Can we do that? My friend just reminded me. I was talking, he was visiting from Arizona, a very deep thinker, great musician, and I told him how I got this killer instinct, and he reminded me of a lesson that we learned many years ago, the heart-connected killer. Whoo! Elaborate. Nope. Oh. I'm just gonna leave that there. Woo. Let it simmer. It's just a seed. It's not my job to elaborate. I yes. definitely could, but that's oh. that's another podcast in itself. <laughs> and I will definitely uh, record that, and I hope you all tune in for that. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I want to respect your time and respect the time of our audience here. We're getting close to the time. Cool. I, there is something that before we started recording, you began to speak of. I don't know if you're comfortable uh, sharing it, um, but you mentioned three months that were really tough for you. Yeah. And you used language that I, I I completely understood, and I was wondering if you would share it with us. Yeah, so how we were talking about earlier, where um, the first beginning stages of awakening, we disassociate, right? Like we're kind of trying to find our safe space in, in different realms of like galactic realms, angelic realms, and we're trying to hide there and not be present within this third dimensional reality. Well, I did that and like I said, like my reality kind of went went like it imploded. It imploded a bit, like everything crashed, like mm-hmm. everything around me. I lo- I like didn't want to work at the job anymore. The relationship that I had been in for four years had ended. I had found out something really big in my family of like the reality that I thought we grew up with was completely wrong and like not true. So I had all these things come into play and I was just like, what is real? I don't know what's real and I don't know what's not real anymore. Mm -hmm. And I went up north, I went up to Humboldt and I spent a good three months in what I call um, the Hall of Mirrors. And it was a primarily disassociated state. I felt connected to my body, but not fully. And much of my processing was happening in my mind. And this room had every aspect or uh, that I had created within myself in the disassociated states. And I'm face to face with all these versions of myself, all Mm. these personalities, all these coping mechanisms. Mm. And I'm just sitting there like, whoa, all of you exist inside of me. And what I had to do in order to integrate them back into my body, I had to learn about them. I had to befriend them. Mm. I had to weave them together to create friendship and cohesion within them so that they weren't affecting my, um, weren't affecting me in a negative way. And it took me about three months 
to sit with them and get to know them and create a community within myself in order to leave the hall of mirrors and come back into my body. Wow. So it was, I pretty much was walking the line of psychosis. Hmm. And here you are. And here I am. I just can't help to think like, if more people out there in the world, there's seven billion plus, if they experience like, a three-month like sabbatical of like I need to integrate my parts basically or even for me I experienced something similar but you know uh, Ken Wilber an American philosopher says objectify your demons there was something in me when I heard that that made me realize that once I stopped fighting my demons and got to know them they would be allies Mm -hmm. you know it's befriending those those demons, those other parts of me, like we all want the same thing, otherwise we wouldn't be in this vessel. Mm-hmm. And to have that like, all right, it's that team meeting, <laughs> time for that team meeting, that family meeting, whatever, and, and getting on the same page. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, and I say this very carefully, because, you know, for to explore the dark side. You know, people are so afraid of the dark side. There, there's beauty in it. The bigger the light, the greater the shadow. And if you don't take time to know thyself and go in there and meet these these demons or other parts of yourself, then things are gonna things are gonna get rocky up mm-hmm. there. The greater the we, I believe we all have a light. The more we investigate about ourselves, the more we see that we're here to serve and gift the world. That light's gonna grow. Totally. You cannot deny that there is a shadow that comes with the light. Totally. And. I mean, I commend you for taking those three months out of yeah. your life to get there because, I mean, I see you. I see you here, full. Yes. And we're all constantly evolving and changing and continue to work on our stuff. We're never mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just very grateful to be able to, to have you in this space and be able to, to talk about this stuff. Yeah. You know, from totally. a much more grounded space. Yeah, the, the thing that I've learned about befriending the shadow and shadow play, I like I love to play with them. Like the aspects of me that are dark, the aspects of me that are mischievous and that are tricksters that do have the killer instinct. I like to play with them. I like to open up dialogue because what I've realized is there's actually while it's very chaotic in that space and many people do not desire chaos Mm -hmm. underneath the chaos or actually within it there's just this calmness that is present this omnipresence that exists within the chaos that you can always tune into to be able to witness the aspects of the shadow from this space of neutrality and if we can realize that this stillness is always there, then we will never be afraid of the shadow or the chaos again, Mm -hmm. because it'll never consume us. Mm -hmm. I feel like that calmness is is a a sitting pendulum, a string, Mm -hmm. something that can create this within the chaos. Mm Mm-hmm. Kaluna, as we're drawing to the close, I want to be—I want to give you the space right now to speak on whatever you would like to share. You know, the audience is is unlimited and unbounded and abundant, and they all 
are here because they want to hear you. There are no accidents, there are no coincidences, and you know, I truly believe that if there is something you need to say or need to create, there's a counterpart out there in the world somewhere. Your mind wouldn't think of saying something or you know, creating something unless there was a reciprocal somewhere out there that, that was a match for it in order to get people out of their shells. Oh, I shouldn't be singing. I was like, no, no, no. Do you want to? That means somebody needs to hear what you have to say. And it doesn't matter if it's the same thing as anybody else because I've realized that it is your particular music. It is your thing that's gonna reach that person. To take it to extremes, because I like to work from that, from that high stakes level, you're gonna save somebody's life by speaking your message, saying your thing. So I like to try new things uh, as we're recording and, and one of them, I'm trying out right now is just give you a few minutes here to do whatever you want and afterwards please tell us where we can find you online where we can find you locally um, what how, how can we get to you you got the goods and cool. uh, we want you awesome. so so I'm gonna share a little sound is what I'm feeling right now um, but before I do that, I just want to say that each and every one of us is so worthy of expressing our truth, expressing our creativity, expressing what it is that makes our heart light up. And that in that expression, we inspire other people to show up in their full expression. And it creates this cycle of empowerment, which is what all of this is about. Empowering ourselves to truly be the authentic versions that we want to be and no longer hide out of fear of judgment. So I just want to share that we are all so worthy, so, 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 so worthy of being the fullness that we came here to be. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Hmm. And I'll share a little sounds. Now, I encourage you to stay tuned for the next episode, Season 2, Episode 6.5, where Kaluna will be gracing us with the gift of sound. It will close out this episode, so stay tuned. This is Jonathan Eleazar-Navi, and I just want to thank you for tuning in and showing up for yourself. Every time you tune into the Wake Up and Smell the Miracles podcast, the messages are for you, and the impact is what you do with those messages and how you integrate them within yourself. If you feel that this podcast has brought value to you or could bring value to somebody that you love and care about, please send yourself, send them to our Instagram page, Wake Up and Smell the Miracles. You can also find us at Luminous Navigation and for a roundtable for men to be seen, heard, understood, and to break through what new possibilities could look like, you can also find us at The Leading Man Initiative on Instagram. 
Feel free to send this episode or any of your favorite wake up episodes to anyone that you feel could benefit from the messages here. Remember to BYOM, bring your own magic. Until next time, have a phenomenal day. Thank you.